and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Joining me this episode, it is Matthew Day Gillett. Greetings. Greetings and uh, happy 2020, man. This is the first time I've uh, managed to join back on the podcast uh, for the new year. So, uh, happy Christmas, Merry New Year and all that. Yeah, first proper episode of the new year anyway, right? Oh, if it's proper because I'm here, um, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, last episode, we caught up with Zach Fuller. Uh, Zach Fuller Racing, uh, riding that SV650 uh, in the, the... Suzuki series and of course the um, NZSBK coming up uh, well done to that man if you haven't had a listen to the first episode with Zach Fuller in there go and have a listen lots of news in this episode though and a new feature a little bit later on in the podcast as well but we've got so much news because there's so much motorcycling happening uh, around about this time of year shall we dive straight in First round of 2020 Supercross season was uh, oh, a little bit over a week ago now. Um, it was the it was round one at Angel Stadium. First round of the Monster Energy Supercross season officially over and done with. And riders have a week to reflect, regroup, and prepare for round two in St. Louis, Missouri. The Yamaha squad has to be happy after the first round as their riders Justin Barsha and Justin Cook took out the win in both the 250 and the 450 main events. This is the second year in a row that Justin Barsha has won the season opener in Anaheim 1 and this is the first time that Justin Cooper has won a 250 main event although he has won multiple heat races and he fought for the championship in the 250 East Coast Division last season. Uh, Justin Barsha will hold the red plate going into round two while Adam Karanku I don't even know how to pronounce his name but I'm sure you know Matt. Karankirulo C-I-A-N-C-I-A-R U-L-O um, I assume that's Italian. And Cooper Webb are uh, close behind. Uh, that guy, Adam, was close to earning the win at uh, Anaheim 1. But when he cased a triple in the rhythm section, Justin Barsha was able to get by. Adam was still pleased with the podium. It was his first official Monster Energy Supercross, not including Monster Cup. He looks forward to the next rounds. Cooper Webb was also optimistic on the podium, knowing that a third place was his best finish in Anaheim 1 ever in the 450 class. Eli Tomac started out the season slow again by finishing in 7th place. Meanwhile, in the 250 class, the AMA originally delayed posting the official results from the 250 main event, the reason being Austin Faulkner cut the track. After a mistake in the rhythm section, Austin found himself pointing backwards on the landing of a jump. Instead of turning around and going into the turn, he cut in between the tough blocks and rejoined the track on the next lane over. No doubt Austin would have lost more time had he gone and done a U-turn. He might have also crashed into another rider making that U-turn. So the end penalty from the AMA had him docked from third position to fifth position in the race and the point standings. Prado's gone into the knife I hear. Yes, so uh, KDM's Jorge Prado. um, He's their MX2 world champion and he's jumping into... uh, MXGP I believe just before Christmas managed to do a wee bit of damage to himself Uh, he underwent surgery for a broken femur so that's um, pretty gnarly crash just before the Christmas break Uh, while the surgery wasn't exactly planned it should have the MX2 world champion back on his feet and in race ready condition before the 2020 MXGP season kicks off in March 
Prado is going to step into the premier class of the FIM Motocross World Championship in 2020 after claiming the last two MX2 titles. You can see KTM would be very, very keen to get this man moving and uh, jumping up to ride alongside teammate Tony Caroli, or Cairoli, uh, another Italian name. Uh, what happened was he was um, doing his usual practice rounds with Tony Caroli. At the end of the training moto, he um, lost control approaching a jump and bang, uh, carked it and busted his femur. Um, he was transferred to the European Hospital, which is apparently a place, not just a random hospital in Europe, uh, where he immediately underwent corrective procedure performed by uh, a doctor whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. And basically, he now has a pin on his femur bone. So when he walks through airport security, uh, he's going to get uh, the yell once over. Basically, rehab is the next uh, stop for him, and he is expected to make his MXGP debut. So their team manager, uh, Claudio Di Cali, says uh, things had been going well, and he was just two laps away from the end of the training session. It was raining, and you have to have good control of the bike when you make uh, one of the biggest jumps on the track. Jorge could not grip the plastic well on his bike. His foot slipped off the foot peg on the ramp, and he crashed over the jump. He had surgery yesterday, uh, keeping in mind this was before Christmas, by a fantastic doctor that we know and trust, and now have to wait to see if everything is correct before he can leave the hospital. Uh, it is a setback to our preparation, but the important thing is that Jorge heals well and that he can think again about his first season in the MXGP class. Sounds like it's quite a nice team environment there. There's no pressure for him to get back into uh, back on the bike. They want him rested, ready, and 100%. Can't say that for all the European uh, teams, can you? Gomez has secured his place in uh, the Husqvarna team uh, until 2021. Alfredo Gomez we're talking about here. Uh, after he claimed second in the 2019 West Enduro World Championship, Alfredo Gomez will target the 2020 round, uh, secure in the knowledge that his place in the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory team is secure until 2021. Alfredo is a perfect fit for Husqvarna motorcycles, and we're thrilled to have him until at least 2021 said Husqvarna Motorcycles Motorsport Manager Diego Clement. Technically gifted, he gives 100% every time he races and is always challenging for the victory. Professional, committed and well-received under the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing awning. He is a pleasure to work with. We're looking forward to continuing this long-standing relationship and have every confidence he can put Husqvarna motorcycles on the top step of the podium. A key member of the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team, Gomez was a regular front runner in all eight rounds of the 2019 West Championship with the TE300i mounted rider consistently battling for race wins and podium results. He says, I'm really happy to continue with Husqvarna Motorcycles for another two years. We've grown together a lot during the last few years and have a really strong and enjoyable relationship with everyone in the team. In a way, it has become like an extended part of the family. I'm really proud of what we've achieved during 2019 by finishing second overall in the West Enduro World Championship and always fighting for the victory. So well done Gomez, uh, looking forward to seeing what you can do on that Husqvarna machine moving into 2020. 2020 West Enduro World Championship dates if you're keen to know them. Uh, round 1 kicks off on May 8th to 10th in Portugal, the Extreme XL Lagares. Round 2, France May 21 to 23rd, Treffel Los. Arian AMV. 
Here's the big one everyone's really keen for, though. Well, one of them anyway. Uh, Erzberg Rodeo, round three, June 10th to 14th. That's got to be a highlight on the calendar for me, that one. Oh, heck yeah. I'm definitely going to um, click onto the old Red Bull TV and actually watch that this year, I think, because it's always so crazy, just those guys going straight up that, uh, what is it it say? It's a quarry of some description, yeah. Um, all right, so Erzberg Rodeo is followed by Megawatt in Poland. Uh, that's another Red Bull event. And that one they ride around um, basically a big old, I'm not sure if it's abandoned, um, but it's this massive power station um, with the old sort of Simpsons chimneys going on. Um, really, really spectacular photos come out of that. And then that's sometime in June. The date's to be confirmed, but it will be after Erzberg, so it will be that second half of uh, June. Next up, round five, the big one, Romaniacs in Romania, July 21st to 25th. I don't know about you, Ray, but I've been looking at, um, been following them on Instagram, and some of the terrain, they've been sort of pre-running the next year, well, this year's course, um, and some of it's bonkers. Oh, man, these guys are, like, trying to attack near vertical forested cliffs for some unknown reason, and um, I remember one not too long ago I was looking at, and basically this guy, he just dumped his bike and he looked naked and he goes, yeah, that's probably too hard. <laughs> and I was going, mate, you're mental. I see they're going to the US of A for round six. Yeah, I think this is a new round for um, 2020. I can't remember them going to the USA before. Um, August 15 and 16, that'll be cool. Tennessee knockout. Um, have no idea what the terrain in Tennessee is. I kind of think of, um, what is it, dueling banjos? Deliverance? Is that Tennessee? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, after that, Hawkstone Park cross country in the UK in September sometime, and the ra- the championship finishes off in Spain with the Hispania Hard Enduro in October. Um, so that is your 2020 WESS Enduro World Championship uh, calendar, as far as we know it. And we'll endure- endeavour to bring you the updates and the results from each round as it happens uh, as we roll on through the year. Hey, sounds like Honda have hit a bit of a milestone. Yeah, 400 million bikes. And the crazy thing is they've ramped up. Um, They only hit 300 million bikes in 2014. So in six years, they've produced 100 million bikes. Put it in perspective, before that, they hit 200 million in 2008. So every six years, they're basically pumping out 100 million bikes. So Honda's uh, ended up 2019 with a bang. 400 million motorcycles now built, uh, which was also capping off its 70th year producing motorbikes. Um, They started building bikes in 1948. So from 1948 to 1997, they did 100 million. And then from 97 to 2008, they did another 100 million. And then to 2014, that's another 100 million. And then to 2019, they rounded off with their fourth 100 million. Yeah, that's correct. So basically, I'm not quite sure if my maths is correct here, but by 2025 or 2026, they should hit 500 million bikes. Is that half a billion? Hey, Siri. I'm listening. How many millions in a billion? One billion divided by one million is 1,000. Right, so there's one million... There's 1,000 millions in a billion. So, yeah, that'd be about right. So, you're right. Yeah. 500 million is half a billion. Jeez, that's just crazy. And I've got one sitting right next to me. Yay. You know what else is happening in the world? Um, Piaggio, um, they build this funky little... Uh, truck thing it's kind of think of a tuk-tuk but it's not really a tuk-tuk it's um italian it has kind of flavors of vesperishness in it it's called the piaggio arpe 
Um, Arpe for B is apparently what it stands for in Italian. They've um, made an electric. Piaggio are the people that brought you the MP3, right? The three wheel yeah, thing. Yeah, they make some really cool three wheeled stuff. Um, the Arpe, um, so the local distributor here is um, the wider Triumph New Zealand group. Oh, it's Arpe. Oh, I thought it was an ape. <laughs> no, no. I thought it was the Piaggio ape. Yeah, no, it's pronounced Arpe because uh, Italian. Um, and it means B, apparently. Um, but anyway, it's a little three-wheeled truck thing um, that kind of looks like if you cross a Vespa and a tuk-tuk. Um, they've been making them since, I think, the late 40s. It basically helped Italy recover from World War II. Um, they are finally building an electric one. Um, unfortunately, it's not coming to New Zealand. It is for India only at the moment. Um, but it's a really, really cool concept. So the idea of it is Ape itself, it's got its tray, it's you drive it, it has a handlebar instead of a steering wheel, which is why I've included it in the news today. Um, but instead of sort of waiting a couple of hours to charge up its batteries and then go on your merry way, um, they've incorporated battery swap technology so that you can just roll up to a swapping station, um, or um, they're calling them automated service stations. So I'm guessing they've got some infrastructure somewhere and you just roll on up and they're going to swap your battery out and you can just carry on. I said that was the way it was going to go. I said this, it must have been about six months ago on the podcast, I said, why wait for your battery to be charged when you could just be swapping batteries? Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's how it's the first company I've seen so far to actually make that idea a reality. And for bikes, it is so like it should be so simple because you just whack it out, whack it in, off you go. And I've heard other people talk about it too. I think when I was on that Harley Livewire trip, um, they made noises about that kind of option for charging. Um, but yeah, it's really, really cool. No word yet as to whether or not the E-City, which is what they're calling it, the Ape E-City, uh, no word yet as to whether or not that'll come to New Zealand. Currently, we have a petrol and a diesel-powered version of the Ape, uh, which is brought in by the wider Triumph New Zealand group. Um, so Piaggio is part of that big importing business. And they're really cool. Well, personally, I go for the diesel, more grunt. Um, but yeah, no word yet as to whether or not this will be making its way to New Zealand and whether or not, yeah, we'll be seeing more cool stuff come out of Piaggio itself because they're into quite a lot of things. And the Piaggio group, they are the guys that have Vespa, Piaggio, uh, Motoguzzi, uh, Aprilia. That's all part of the same group. So this kind of technology, it's its not a bad thing, I don't think. No, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and it, it's quite cool to have like little... Uh, utilitarian vehicles running around town that are that aren't huge. Yeah, like geez, all the Utes these days. Like I don't know if, if you did a uh, bit of a Christmas trip anywhere, um, but geez, going over the um, twisty uh, Coromandel ranges and going through all the tight corners every time a Ford Ranger Raptor came around the corner, I felt like I had to pull onto the shoulder. Those things are huge. <laughs> it reminds me of the Simpsons Canyon Arrow. Twelve yard long, two lanes wide, sixty five tons of American pride. Triumph Rocket 3 has officially landed in New Zealand. For starters, the specs are um, outright power is up 11% on the previous generation bike. Um, We should also add that the Rocket 3 has a a 2.5 litre triple cylinder engine. The pistons on that must be huge because my car outside is a 2.5 litre four cylinder and I know those pistons are huge. Um, So... Oh, it's absolutely bonkers. Um, yeah, it also depends on how 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 big the stroke is as well. But I can imagine them being, you know, at least hundred mil wide. Yeah, there'd be chunky, chunky pistons. Um, it lays the claim to the highest 
torque of any production motorcycle you can currently buy with 221 newton meters of torque available from 4000 rpm so it's a, it's a tire killer i think <laughs> smoky uh smoky burnouts is definitely something you're not going to have an issue with with the uh, rocket 3 they've changed a few things but it's essentially a vastly modernized version of the rocket 3 everyone sort of fell in love with over the last decade um, they've kept a strong emphasis on the engine as a stylistic point for the new Rocket 3 uh, with the exhaust manifold. So, man, I could just stare at that engine all day because it's just, hi- I think it's hydroform steel or something for the exhaust manifolds and they just look gorgeous. Um, then you've got sort of the um, signature twin LED headlights, um, a big muscular fuel tank. Uh, it looks quite burly and muscle- muscly. Um, and then, of course, it's a Triumph, so it's got the latest uh, second gen TFT instrumentation, cornering ABS and traction control and heated grips because Triumph actually know that heated grips are a really really good thing especially in winter um, but yeah basically the Rocket 3 um, I put this when, and I don't know how, how good it is how good it's going to come off when I tell you um, the Rocket 3 has more tech than your average spaceship right it's, it's a fairly safe bet to say that the Rocket 3 the new one that we're talking about has more tech than they went to the moon with <laughs> pretty much well you think of what they took to go to the moon that said your smartphone in your pocket even the old one that you uh, used to run the, the iPhone's six or whatever it was uh had more tech than they went to the moon with so that's not saying much i guess yeah true but then again uh when was the last time we went to the moon long time ago uh but seriously i really really hope i get a chance to ride this uh before march i really really hope i get a chance because it looks so cool and it looks so much fun And, and and having that massive two and a half liter engine is just it's just it's it's an experience that you would have to you would have to ride to know exactly what it was like. But that pretty much rounds off the news. And a new feature that I wanted to bring in this uh, this year, uh, as well as the return of an old feature, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Uh, I thought we'd 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 delve into the world of classifieds, uh, and and we're not going to try and sell everyone's bikes, and we're not going to ask you, you know, uh, what bike parts you've got to sell. But I thought we'd we'd have a look at some of the more interesting, the more comical, the more intriguing ads that you see on social media: people buying, selling, swapping motorcycles and parts and the first one that took caught my attention forgive me if i'm being a bit judgmental here but it's a 2017 thump star uh if you're not if you're not familiar with a thump star you don't know what it is it's a it's a pit bike 125 cc pit bike uh seller says it's in mint condition uh it's 2017 pit bike though and there's no photos yeah kind of if you're going to sell anything a photo is a really good place to start especially when you're asking 800 bucks for it um, i don't know about you but um yeah like the dude says pm me for photos and more details mate like why don't you just put them out there like it's not that hard it's a pit bike bro put your photos up people want to know what they're looking at another thing that i thought was interesting and now this was uh, bear in mind this was on a specific motorcycle for sale page on facebook it's a cult united it's a BMX bike. It's good. Nothing. What does it say? <laughs> good bike. Nothing ring with it. Come with free van. So are, are we giving him a free van or is the mount, the push bike coming with a free van? I'm going to take some liberties and try and translate this. Good bike. Nothing wrong with it. It comes with a free van. But then he's posted a photo of this uh, BMX bike 
not the prettiest thing to be honest um yellow yellow fork and handlebar green grips doesn't look very enticing does it does the the, the yellow fork and handlebars definitely look like a, a, a repco rattle can job yeah and it looks like okay it's got a kind of a khaki olive green rear tire no no knobbies or anything and you said this is off a dirt bike selling slot page right this is this is a motorcycle for sale page and he's trying to sell his bmx bike yep and it comes with a free van i thought that was just that was just hilarious where's the picture of the free van though exactly like, i want i want to know what the free van is for 500 bucks van and a um, bmx like i've seen some really cool it seems to be a, like a trend that's starting to develop overseas as people are taking bmx bikes just like this one bit tatty but ugly and they're strapping like um chinese single cylinder engines like you'd see in say a ct110 honda and they're strapping those to these bmx bikes and making um, motorized bicycles with them and it's a cool trend but oh that'd be a good idea wouldn't it yeah i don't know how they sort the brakes and whatnot but yeah i, I like the idea of that and for 500 bucks and a free van uh, i could kind of get behind this but i want to see the van first hey here's an idea it's uh maybe a cheap way to get into dirt riding it's a 20 it's a 2008 suzuki rmz 250 starts first kick 47 hours on the rebuild good bike comes with stand and helmet bike has pro circuit exhaust and aftermarket parts 2800 or swaps for a two banger i gotta say i wouldn't be putting my faith in that second hand helmet uh comes with a free stand that's kind of cool considering it's a motocross bike with no kickstand um 47 hours i'd be asking for the proof of uh, rebuild yeah well like warning uh, warning bells for me start ringing when i start looking at the rear plastics and there's a great big metal militia sticker on there <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, not exactly. a good sign. It's the metal militia thing that puts you <laughs> off. It's right? not a good sign of a well-loved bike, is it? Uh, that and the uh, the chain is loose as hell. Uh, the knobbly's on the back are very worn. Uh, it's yeah, I think it's done a few more than forty-seven hours. Let's just say that, right? Yeah, it could be a good uh, good project bike if you could bang them down on the price a little bit. Hey, if it starts first kick, it's going to see you a few outings. So just be just factor in a rebuild into your price, but it, it could be a good a good starter. Um, especially if you're after an RMZ250. And the final one I thought I'd bring to you was an interesting one, a Kawasaki EL250. Uh, seller wants to swap it for a smallish dirt bike or a skid car. Like, okay, so back when I was a kid and um, Fungamatar wasn't the burly... Uh, the bustling metropolis that it is nowadays they had um like a go-kart track thing and they called them skid cars does he want a little skiddy go-kart or does he want like a drift car or something like smallish dirt bike i can get he wants to swap it for a pit bike i th- i think he probably wants a car <laughs> what, what, is, what are these bikes i don't know anything about an el250 yeah, um it's a very well not very old well i suppose it's nearly as old as i am let's put it this way um kawasaki's sort of late 80s early 90s um cruiser similar setup to what they've got going um these days actually um oh where's it gone um so it's a parallel twin engine i believe it shared it with the gpx 250 the original little 250 ninja um that sort of everyone used to get as their first bike back before lambs really long wheelbase and this one actually it's kind of a cool looking bike i reckon um they've Looks like they put an LED tail light on there um, with um, integrated turn signals. Uh, it's got the old side mounted on the swing arm number plate, so it looks proper cruiserish. Um, and it's a nice silver colour. 
actually. I'm, I'm kind of digging this. Uh, otherwise, he wants 1500 bucks, And for 1500 bucks, like that would be a great starter bike if you're a bit short in the leg, I reckon. Outstanding. So if you see any interesting social media posts, people wanting to sell or buy motorbikes, we would love to hear from you. All you need to do is screen cap it, screenshot it. If you're on a smartphone, you know, you generally hit like volume up and the power button and it takes a screenshot of the ad. So yeah, screen, screenshot it. If you see any interesting social media for sale posts, uh, things like, what, what are the stereotypical things that you see in these posts, Matt? Uh, goes mean, had, had a rebuild, uh, no proof of rebuild. Goes hard, sweet bike bro. Things like that. If you see anything hilarious that you think we might like, screenshot it and send it to us on Facebook, Kiwi Rider Podcast. We'd love you for it. Now, I just saw something that you've just typed into our uh, show notes, and I am very pleased to see this because someone actually messaged us on Facebook and asked for this uh, feature to return. Lay it on me, Ray. We've been asked many, many times for the return of the dad joke. Do you remember why we stopped doing the dad joke? I think we just thought it wasn't all that funny, but turns out a few people actually really did enjoy it. I actually screenshotted. Siri always comes up with a really good one every now and then, and when she does, I screenshot it. I'm just going to scroll through my zillions of photos, see if I can find one for you. Uh, but you've got one, I assume, it prepared and ready. All right, well, while you're doing that, I'll tell one. Well, w- maybe we'll do a few uh, just to, you know, catch up. Uh, why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because uh, he is... In good standing? Because he was outstanding in his field. (laughs) I was close. I kind of got there. Why couldn't a bicycle stand up by itself? Why? Because it was too tired. (laughs) All right, give us one more to wrap it up. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? No. Great food. No atmosphere. Oh, I'm glad to have that back. Make sure you check out Kiwi Rider Magazine, new edition out last week and a new edition out next week. Do check out kiwirider.co.nz for photos and a whole lot more of everything we've talked about in this podcast. Come and like us on Facebook, search out Kiwi Rider Podcast on Facebook. We'd love to have you along. And if you could do one more thing for us, in fact, if you do one thing this week, do this. Share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours. We would love you to share it with your mates. That way they find out about it and if you've got any feedback we'd love to hear from you as well hit us up on the facebook i've been ray i've been matt keep the rubber side down throttle on and we'll be back with another edition of kiwi rider podcast in seven days time